0: Welcome to the Game Plan Podcast with Judah Newby and Brian Perkins, breaking down all things Seahawks.
1: Seahawks, going back to the playoffs, baby, seven time in nine seasons. Under Pete Carroll and John Schneider, this is a playoff-clinching edition of the Game Plan Podcast. He's Brian Perkins. I'm Junior Newby. 1029thegame.com. Perkins one time! Let's go!
0: Hut! Hut, hut, on hike. hike! They gave the ball to Russell, so I'm not on strike. Not on strike. Baby, Going to the postseason, y'all. <laughs> 463 yards of total
1: offense, a season high. Chiefs put up 31 and lose again. Seahawks 38, Chiefs 31. Perkins. Where to begin with this football game? The swagger level of this podcast
0: right now is just. I'm taking the the mic sock off and everything. That's how fired up I am. God, I love primetime Seattle Seahawks, especially Mm -hmm. Sunday night football. Primetime Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. My God, the memories.
1: The memories, and they just keep making them. You know, they could (sighs) have lost this football game, and uh, And there were
0: times I think when I was. I mean, they controlled a lot of this game. They did, but there were times like late in the third quarter where I was so pissed off, like, I was trying, you know, once again, House Money, House Money Perkins, I'm calling myself. Right. Trying to just enjoy, but, you know, on that uh, first and 15 after the false start, they run the ball, get nothing. Then they run the ball again on second and 15, and I was like, are you freaking kidding me? In this type of game, with the field position you have, you're basically giving up on this drive, and then freaking Eddie Dixon breaks, like, three tackles to get a first down. I mean,
1: that might have been the biggest play of the game. I know that was late third quarter, but. But, but you're like right, third man. Third and 13 or something, and he, was, he caught the ball eight yards and then broke a bunch of tackles to get to the sticks, and ultimately they scored a touchdown to take the lead on that drive. And, yeah, Eddie Dixon was huge in this game. You kept
0: I kept waiting for, I hate to say it, and this was just cynical, but late in that game when Kansas City got to, to within four, yeah. I was like, oh, great. See, I was going to go three and out here. Kansas City, you know, who really hadn't been stopped most of the game. Now, g- props to Seattle's defense because they did – you know, make some tops force field goals. And obviously the two turnovers, but I was like, great, here we go. Now Kansas city is going to go up three and Seattle's offense is going to have to respond, but freaking a man, dude, the, the touchdown
1: drive a. at the end. I mean, that's not something that we, obviously we know Russell Wilson's a great closer, but you mentioned it in an earlier podcast that there hadn't been those like, you know, go ahead. Touchdown drives late in the fourth quarter's. That we've been grown accustomed to seeing out of him this year. But when the game is 31-28 to 28 Seattle, and they've got the football with four and a half minutes left, and you know that, look, you want four-minute offense, you either want to score and extend the lead and give KC minimal amount of time to go back and take a, you know, that was what I was expecting. Like some 48-yard field goal by Bass with the buck 57 left to go up by six and then give Mahomes, you know, Two minutes to get a touchdown. That was scaring the living daylights out of me. But what ends up happening is an eight play, 75 yard drive that takes two minutes and seven seconds off the clock. Let's talk about this drive though, because third and six at their own 29 yard line. This play honestly created a lot of controversy as I was watching with my, uh, <laughs> with my brother and my dad and my girlfriend who was watching me watch this e game for the first time, which is very... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is she still your girlfriend? Uh, yeah, not I think we're not, we're not really speaking. <laughs> 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 but third and six, throw to the short left to David Moore. He looks like he makes the catch, past the sticks, looks good, gets pushed back to the other side of the sticks, turns around almost like Forward progress is released at that point. Then tries to get the first down. Didn't look like he got it. the The spot was terrible. Then Pete Carroll comes over into the picture. He's like, "No, it's over here." Here comes the line judge from like the middle <laughs> of the field saying, "Yeah, it's a first down." Like I, I felt, I felt like the right call was catch first down forward progress. But I was certainly watching with Seahawks colored glasses. What did you see there? Was Seattle is Seattle fortunate to get that spot there? I,
0: I don't feel like a lot
1: was made out of that.
0: Yeah. That's a really. I think a lot wasn't made out of it because it's hard to definitively say one way or another, right? Like right. I'm, I'm more fall on the side of you, and I feel like I. While yes, we wear the Seahawk color glasses, we're usually pretty good at at deciphering look, yeah. good call, bad call, um, terrible. And by call. the way, a well officiated game, top to bottom, in my
1: opinion. Yeah, but Bill
0: Vinovich is solid. He is. He is. Russell Wilson seven and two when in Bill Vinovich officiated games. Thank you,
1: Bill. Although I think he. Didn't he referee yes, Super Bowl, Bowl Forty Nine? yes, yeah, yeah. he did.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I didn't remember that. Suck it, that Bill. Was, that was
1: pass interference.
0: <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I think I I I get where you're coming from with that. I do think it was. I thought it was a first down when I initially saw it, right. as well. Um,
1: because it's catch, possession, then forward progress. And that's what they ruled. Yeah. And you can't review forward progress.
0: Yeah, and it's tough because it is one of those things where do they make the second effort? Right. There were a couple of plays in this game where I felt like the refs were really tested, and they made the right call, even though one of them upset me, which I'm sure you'll get to at some point, the, uh, the <laughs> Russell Wilson dive. Yes. Um, I don't understand right, but, that one. Because but, when you dive, you're not giving yourself up. You're still attacking. But the new rule says that if a quarterback dives forward, they are giving themselves up. Like, that's, like, the rule change. That's right. To protect quarterbacks. So, because you're right, I was, like, I was screaming at my TV after that, after they cut, ru- yeah. ruled him short. I was like, how the hell do you rule him short? He didn't slide, you know? Because sliding, obviously, is, as soon as and your it, body hits the ground, wherever no, the ball is. No,
1: it's, it's, like, where you start your slide, pretty much. Well, yeah, that's like, a good point. You're they right. don't, you're don't right. even do right. it it's where, where you, the knee stops. Yeah, it's, it's where like, you, where you start to give yourself up. It is
0: not a generous spot. But right. I, I was like, man, what an aggressive play by Russ. What a great play. And I was like, that is unbelievable that he didn't get that first down. But then you hear the rule that it was changed and right. blah, blah, blah. Then you so, go, okay.
1: You know, and, like, it's not hard to imagine, although it does bring into account what a QB sneak at the goal line means. But maybe it's when, you know, a quarterback's defenseless, I guess, and not with an offensive line to block for him, too. So, yeah, that. but that was a head scratcher too, that I didn't love. But anyway. Back to the final drive. They convert that third and six, and I was like, all right, you know, we got something here. And then it's – uh. The 2nd and 12 at their own 34. One of the most beautiful throws and catches you'll ever see. The teardrop to Tyler Lockett to gain 45 yards down to the KC 21. I think
0: it was you that mentioned this. Uh, We were talking about Russell's deep ball, right? And how you get so excited watching it on TV. Because you can't really see what's going on downfield. This was another one of those plays. (laughs) And you mentioned how his balls... footballs, (laughs) footballs, yeah. <laughs> seemed to hang in the air for what seems like an eternity. Yeah. And that was one of those plays. Like, I thought of that comment that you made, yeah. like, right after that play. I was like, my God. And even Collinsworth mentioned it. He said, that ball hung out there, and he gave his receiver a chance, and what a freaking dime. And by the way, Lockett and Baldwin were both on one in this game, man. Like, they were, they were making plays. I mean, like Baldwin had the, the drop, yeah. the one drop, but outside of that, Unbelievable effort by both of those guys, and man, what a dime by Wilson. And guess what? Guess who gave him an opportunity late in the game in a long-to-go situation? Credit to Schottenheimer because he really allowed Russell to be Russell late in that game. You know, and almost to a fault because I think we'll get to the drive continuing. In
1: fact, the very next two plays, we're still attacking down the field with throws when you're approaching the two-minute warning. And I was like, oh, I love the aggressiveness, but no, uh, run some more clock. But maybe try to get to the two
0: minute warning and but go from there. They, yeah. But
1: they were saying, F that. They were crazy aggressive to keep throwing the football. And it resulted in a couple incompletes, but then it ultimately resulted in game winning plays. That's what happened.
0: Isn't and that incredible? I, and I guess it is, but I, it's so anti Schottenheimer, you'd think. It is. And that's, I was very happy to see. And you're right, there, there were some plays where you're like, whoa, okay. Maybe, maybe... uh, (laughs) It just goes to show you there's a lot of gray area, you know. There is, but I, once again, and you knew knew what my gripe was last week, and I enjoyed watching because Russell Wilson, in these situations, is where he is at his best. It's where he has made his mark in this league. Late game situations, when you need the offense to make a play, Russ does it, man. He throws dimes, and his receivers always seem to come up with it. Yeah. And... I was so happy to see him given the opportunity in that situation to close this bitch out. I think and they to finish heard on a strong note. I think they Clearly, heard it. Clearly, Schottenheimer's a big fan of the game plan podcast. <laughs> yeah, he's like, guys, you know that perk nasty. He is on That's, the money. Uh, That's He's like, whoa, he might go fire. on strike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whoa, I don't need people picketing the, outside of the game.
1: <laughs> that throw to uh, Lockett, by the way, you mentioned just the height. Like, it reminds me of, you know, how good Aaron Rodgers is at throwing Hail Marys. Yeah. And, look, the Richard Rodgers Hail Mary in the Detroit game, the Hail Marys against the Cardinals in that playoff game. um, That little ball from Wilson to Lockett, 45 yards, but it reminded me of a mini Hail Mary, like yeah. how high it went in the air and how how yeah. it hit its point and then came right down. Yeah. And um, they practice that. That's the beautiful thing is that Wilson and T-Lock are always on the grind practicing stuff. Baldwin as well. Like they're relentlessly devoted to their craft on the practice field which allows for plays like that to be made and to be honest it it needed to happen because what was Kansas City doing and any third down or any uh, red zone um, defense for them they were stacking the box for against the run mm-hmm. if it was a pass they were bringing that pressure up the box and they were only playing man coverage across the board with barely any safety help anywhere ever yeah. on third downs oh. and or And even on that last drive, you knew you were getting man coverage across the board. That's why you threw the fade route, not the fade, the go ball, down the sideline to David Moore. He couldn't get two feet in, but that was the right read. Um, that was in the third quarter. Then you got the bomb, bomb to T-Lock against man coverage. Then you got the ball to D. Baldwin on man coverage. I mean, and Russell thrives in those situations, and the guys are making plays.
0: They they are, and that's the biggest thing, right, is Russell can put the ball there, and and those guys were still making very difficult catches. And Lockett— has been unconscious this season. I mean, imagine and I'm not saying that this should be the case, but imagine him getting like as many targets as a typical number 1 or number 2 wide receiver in today's NFL. I mean, his numbers, he would be a Pro Bowler most likely without a doubt, right? I mean, Given yeah. the numbers he's put up. I mean, we're talking about the highest passer rating in NFL history when targeted. Tyler Lockett this season. Wow. A perfect passer rating. That's incredible. I mean, that's it, it is. It's incredible. And and that is I mean, it just speaks to the level of chemistry, and also, I have to admit, I haven't thought about Paul Richardson like once I know. this season. I don't even think we've mentioned him on the podcast since he left for Washington. I, I mean, I, I've only seen a couple of Washington games, but he's out for the year. He, he yeah. got injured. He uh, he made a
1: couple of nice catches on Monday Night Football when they played, and other than that, nothing. It's, so, it's 40 just, million.
0: Yeah, 40 million bucks. I mean, I think when they lost him, I remember thinking, oh man, Lockett's going to have to step up and he did. Yeah, yeah, he's done all right. And he's done okay. <laughs> and Baldwin, man.
1: How about that? Ugh. So right after the bomb to T-Lock, they go yep. back and run play action again. You know, we're talking under 3 minutes uh, 3 minutes left to go in the game. And you're in field goal range at the 21-yard line. A field goal would have only put you up 6. 6 but we're not talking run to set up the next pass. We're talking pass on the next play. And part of me is like, oh my God, the aggressiveness. I love it. And then just like that, I mean, there's the converse, Chris Jones sack and you lose nine yards down to the 30 with a (laughs) kicker. Whose feet are broken. So just like that, it's like, oh shoot.
0: By the way, Chris Jones was everything that we were worried about. Wasn't Wasn't he in this game? Awesome player. Awesome So player. freaking good. He's going to be good for a long time. Now,
1: 11 uh, straight games with yep. the sack. That is, uh, stand alone, the longest. He was, I think, tied with DeMarcus Square previously, and now he's got the record by himself. Incredible. Just a great, great player. Um, but that sack made it second and 19, and KC called their second timeout at that point at 2.44 to go in the game. So at that point, I, I, as much as I'm fired up about Lockett, I'm like, oh, my Lord, how are we taking a sack right there?
0: Like, yeah. dang. Yeah, and it's funny because play-action in the first half, I think that overall you're probably pretty satisfied with the way Seattle played in the first half, right? Yeah. Outside of a few missed opportunities, obviously. Sure. But they, they played pretty well. And the one thing I wanted to see more of when they were passing the ball was play-action. It felt like it was virtually non-existent in the first half, and they definitely added that element to the second-half playbook, and it worked well for the most part. hmm Save a uh, 9 yards angle in the fourth quarter. Right. Um, but, yeah, yeah, you're thinking, oh, crap, here we go. Well, and then
1: you're thinking second and 19 at the 30, and they're like, okay, maybe now we see that Seahawk football. Now they give the ball to Carson, set up third and 15, and get six more yards for a manageable field goal. That's what I'm ready for. <laughs> at that, yeah, because we've been you're conditioned. You're ready for people. ball. We've been conditioned yeah. for pee ball. Yeah. And what happens on second and 19 Russell moves a little bit casually. To, they're throwing the ball, and I'm like, "What? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, little Joe, and he goes deep to Baldwin. And you know, sometimes you think, oh, one handed catch, like that means it was a bad throw. But that was a perfect pass and yeah. a perfect catch opportunity too. I would love to have seen the uh, completion probability on a play like that, but. It, you know, the touchdown to Baldwin, I think next-gen stats had it at like 35% or something. But that play had to have been right around
0: 17% to be able to complete that ball against that coverage on 2nd and 19. The confidence in Wilson, not only in Baldwin, but in his own abilities, in that situation to make that throw. I mean, good God, you, you know why he's one of the best. You it's know and Why he's overcome what he has when you talk about height and no. things like that and where he was drafted. I mean, just the, the balls. To make a throw like that, I don't know it's the just,
1: Sam Cassellian nature.
0: You think we'd be used to it by now, or you think I'd be used to? to I never get tired to, of it. to the late game magic from from Russ. But just, I mean, that is something. I know this sounds very cliche, but that is something that cannot be taught, right? right? Like that that type of mentality late in a game like that is not something that can be taught. And there are a lot of great quarterbacks, great all time quarterbacks, that don't that didn't have that type of mentality
1: historically throughout their career.
0: And, you know, that's one thing that in an offense where Russ is, you know, I think his abilities are stifled a little bit given the the style they want to run. That gives him a chance to shine in those exact opportunities. And and we saw it in a big stage in a very, very important game last night.
1: Unbelievable. They ended up pounding it in with Chris Carson. One-yard rush, just taking on a linebacker
0: and saying, boom! Did you see how fired up Russ was, too, after that? He He pushes him in the end zone. yeah, And then... I Which mean, great. we so might have gotten a Russ no F bomb there. It's possible. Maybe they're rare, and, but they do happen every now and then. Gosh, I can only think of one,
1: and I don't even remember when it was.
0: But yeah, it he was. Did he ran one. it in from like the two yard line. It, it was like a. I remember because it was on. He was mic'd up. That's so great. And the NFL showed the play, and yeah. all you hear is yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you can, you can tell he's I saying love it. I love it. Thank <laughs> the good Lord
1: for some gray area. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Gray Area.
0: <laughs> Hardly.
1: Oh, wait, didn't he? I yes, remember he, he publicly he, endorsed that yeah, movie, he too. Tweet. That's what. That was that's my, so funny. That's a little
0: jab at you. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's
1: insane, man. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's so great.
1: That's hilarious. Uh, so 38-31. You know, the funny thing is, there was two moments in this game where I was like, oh my God, we're going to beat the Chiefs. And then the Chiefs went right down and scored real quick. Two-minute touchdown drive, and then a massive kick return to set up a, a late field goal. But they ended up holding these suckers off, and Winning 38-31. to 31. So I predicted 33-31. Uh, I'll take that. Um, you, of course, understandably had a Chiefs uh, victory. And, you know, it's funny. Like, they were never, they were never fully in control. There, there was a 17-17 game at one point. But even then, it, it, you know, but Seattle it, responding with touchdown drives in the second half when it mattered
0: most. That, the offense won this game, even though the
1: defense played very, very well.
0: The defense played well considering who they were going up against, right? I mean, I think and so. and Mahomes was clearly you could tell by the broadcast because the focus was very heavy on Mahomes. Yeah. Um and by the way, for as good as that Mahomes throw touchdown throw was across his body and it was incredible. Wilson had one almost identical. The touchdown throw to Dixon was very very similar, yeah. across the body. Um it wasn't as accentuated the way he did it, but <clears throat> You know, I mean, this was a game that probably NBC loved and the NFL loved because these were two quarterbacks late in this game that were dishing. I mean, absolutely dishing. And once again, the defense in the first half, they forced the turnover when, when late, at the end of the second quarter when the Chiefs looked like they were probably in field goal position at the very least, and they forced the turnover earlier in the half, the fumble. Yeah. Um, and once again, that's the type of defense that they are this year, right? But shouts to Flowers and Griffin. Shaq Griffin played a great game. Uh, I mean, just he really a, a did great game. penalty
1: free. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that was uh, that was an impressive, impressive football game. And shout out to Keem King, boy, for a guy that doesn't get any sure coverage, is. did so many good things against Kelsey in this game. We're wondering how they were going to cover him.
0: He was put in a tight spot, man. King yeah. was. I mean, that's a. I mean, dude, you're thrust into the limelight <laughs> against one of the historical offenses we've seen. He showed up and to play the way he did. I mean that's just once again this speaks to Pete Carroll deserving of coach of the year. I mean I I don't know how this feels like the year he should get it. I mean it does. He should well, have gotten you're it about, multiple times, but
1: To be fair, I do think they need to get to 10 wins. Yeah, I you agree. Know? They it, need to get the fifth be... seed so and get to 10
0: wins, right? Yeah. Yeah. But if they do that, I don't know. They I
1: totally understand what you mean. Like he deserves it from a maximizing of talent standpoint. But you know, it's going to go to Sean Payton or Andy Reid. Just like MVP is going to go to Breeze or Mahomes. And, and Wilson should be in that conversation. But this
0: feels like like the coach of the year to me is I'll not have to go back and see It's not just it. based on record, because okay. otherwise Pete would have won in 2013, which he didn't. It's based on, to me, it's based on exceeding expectations. I feel like Coach of the Year is more in that realm. Like, I feel like almost Nagy and Pete are more in the running. That's a good point. Yeah. Nagy. Nagy's a tough one. Because, like, once, like Jerry Sloan, right? Never won Coach of the Year in the NBA. One of the best coaches in history. One of the greatest. 20 years. One of the winningest coaches in NBA history. And coached. I think he's second, right? Yeah. Yeah. And coached some incredible teams, by the way, (laughs) even after Stockton and Malone. Like, Darren Williams, freaking Carlos Boozer teams that were going to yeah, conference still finals. Yeah, around? Jeez. Yeah, well, until D. Will had him ousted. Right. But but he never won. Why? Because there was the expectation that the Jazz were going to be good. It was just the—like, ex- they had made the playoffs for like 20 straight years. You know, they never won championships, so he didn't get that, like, the Greg Popovich pedigree. But Pete Carroll has kind of fallen into that trap a little bit where— 2012, they weren't quite good enough for him to win Coach of the Year, I guess. 2013, they were so good, but it was kind of expected based on how 2012 went. And then things kind of went the other direction. I mean, they went to the Super Bowl the next year. But this feels like the year for him. They were picked by the majority of pundits to not make the playoffs, to potentially be picking in the top five. And here they are on the verge of 10 wins, going to the playoffs as a fifth seed. How the heck is Ron Rivera a two-time coach of the year in the NFL? And Pete Carroll is not a coach of the year winner. Think about that. Bruce Arians is a two-time NFL coach of the year. Pete Carroll has been with the franchise for nine seasons. They have gone to the playoffs now for seven of those nine seasons. Before Pete Carroll, they had been to the playoffs ten seasons as a franchise. Dude, I think he, he, he deserves it this time, man. How does Jason Garrett
1: have one and Pete Carroll doesn't? That's bull. <laughs> unbelievable how is mike smith have a coach of the year marvin lewis for crying out loud give Pete three coaches of the year this year
0: yeah and i mean it's, it's not even i'm not even saying it as a lifetime achievement award because it is to me a bit criminal that he hasn't gotten it but the way that he's played yeah it's just i don't know to me it's assuming they win in, against arizona which is a big assumption um I think that he is definitely needs to be in strong consideration, and Chris Carson should be in consideration for comeback player of the year.
1: Yeah, he really should. He's not
0: going to win. J. Luck's going to win, mm-hmm. but he should True. be in consideration.
1: Uh, he's Brian Perkins. I'm Newbie. That means that Seattle, uh, with a win over Arizona, will get the number five seed, and if they lose to Arizona, which you know Arizona might be fighting for Steve. Um,
0: Wilkes for
1: Steve Wilkes's job. So you can never really count them out, I guess. And we've seen letdown games in the last week against the Cardinals before. So, you know, can't rule that out. But you also have the um, Bears playing the Vikings and the Bears have already wrapped up the division. And I don't they're 11 and 4 which means they've got the they've
0: got the the they've three, three seed,
1: seed locked up but i think the two seed is still up for grabs right cuz the rams have three losses and the bears beat the rams but the rams play the 49ers the niners have been pesky they play at the same time and they play at the same time so we'll see how chicago approaches trying to get the bye week my point with all that is depending on what chicago does that affects you know the vikings Trying to win and and what have you, the Vikings have to win in order to hold off Philly. But if the Vikings win and Seattle loses, then Seattle's a six.
0: Which um, you do not want.
1: Which you know you don't want to go on the road and into a wild card and play Chicago or play. In that case, it would be uh, Chicago.
0: Yeah, I think you. So, I think you're wanted to play Dallas. I mean, you, you want to play Dallas for sure. So got to win this I think football Seattle game. Would beat Dallas right now as it stands. I didn't say that yeah. last week, but Dallas has not look, I mean I know that they've looked a lot better late but yeah. I've been watching some of their games and I, I don't know. I don't know. They don't do much for me.
1: They can run the ball, play defense. That's kind of what Seattle does too but a really bad division. Seattle has a better quarterback.
0: It's my quarterback.
1: And you just got suffocate Cooper.
0: And metrically almost as good a running back.
1: Oh <laughs> no question. Like Elliott. Yeah. I mean Amazing. to be honest. <laughs> so we'll come back. We'll talk about that more. Are you in on Friday? I'm in this week. Yeah. I'm in this week just leave it at that. So we'll
0: we'll lock one in. We'll lock one in this week
1: and uh, talk about week seventeen and the other exciting week seventeen playoff clinching scenarios across the league because we're finally to that point, including Colts Titans playing game Sunday night next week. So
0: Mariota under It'll the lights, baby. Hopefully
1: he's healthy. We'll Will see. Andrew
0: Luck be able to throw a real football or is he still throwing the undersized Nerf footballs? Yeah, in games. It's I don't, a great
1: I don't... question. Nerfgate is here. Uh, it involves the Colts again. How would we know? He's Barb Perkins. I'm Judah Newby. This is the Game Plan Podcast, 1029thegame.com.